This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. The Cabinet's HR Podcast is brought to you by SM Diversity. SM Diversity is a full service staffing and recruiting agency. SM Diversity provides end-to-end talent acquisition programs, permanent placement, contractor hiring, retained hourly recruiting, and a recruitment media team. SM Diversity also provides diversity and inclusion consultants to design, develop, and implement DNI frameworks for organizations, both large and small. Hello, and welcome to Cabinet's HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kavnis. Our guest today is Dr. Catherine Bingham. Bing- Catherine, are you ready to be great today? I am absolutely ready. Dr. Catherine Bingham partners with highly talented, highly motivated executives, entrepreneurs, professionals facing or seeking change to elevate leadership, increase impact, and achieve desired results in organizations, startups, projects, and careers. Through coaching courses and workshops, leaders identify critical paths, align focus, address barriers, and execute with passion and purpose in life and work. Catherine's expertise spans multiple functions of business, higher education, and nonprofit sectors. She led strategy development, organizational change, and business turnaround efforts, and provided recognized thought leadership in the areas of leadership development and talent management. Catherine completed her executive MBA at Pepperdine University and her PhD in leadership at the University of San Diego. She brings multiple coaching methods to support her clients, including leadership, appreciative inquiry, and stakeholder-centered coaching. Her ongoing research focuses on transformative experiences and leadership development journey of business professionals. Catherine, thank you very much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me today. You know, I love that we connected through Bunker Labs. And just if any of your audience members are also fellow veterans, would really encourage them that that is a tremendously valuable resource for them. And it's free. So it's a business accelerator. I don't know if you've talked about it with your audience before. But again, Bunker Labs, free resource. It's a blessing for startups and small business. What are you focusing on right now? I'm really excited to be sharing with your audience my new learning platform. I have been working for years in large corporate environments. And what I would always observe is that the really good leadership development was reserved exclusively for a few. So there might be an executive program or there might be something for senior management of some kind, but not really for everyone to develop their leadership and become more effective and gain more influence and be able to sustain peak performance. So you mentioned my research. I really spent a lot of time looking into what enables individuals to develop their leadership in a way that allows them to be more successful in life and work. And part of that is what I I see, you know, it's not available. And so building this learning platform that we'll be talking about in a little bit has been just an awesome experience for me, but also in knowing that through this anyone can come and take away information and get content that will enable them to develop their leadership for life and work, not just 
for what they do as a vocation, but also for how they live and the choices that they make in life. Catherine, you served in the Marines, correct? I did. How many years were you in? I was not in all that long. Back in the day, women Marines were not necessarily encouraged to stay in the service when you started your family, but it was a profound experience. In fact, when I was in high school, I actually lived in Malaysia. Our family was in the Peace Corps. And so I got to know the Marines that were serving at the embassy, and that really set the tone for... I really wanted to do it myself. And I I tend to be a challenge junkie, so (laughs) the Marines was the choice I made. So how have the skills you learned in the Marines, how have they transferred to your civilian life and and have you been successful? I think one of the things that any service branch, but in particular the Marines and some of even if you go into special ops, they, they look at how to put you through crucible experiences. And so they're very challenging and people are not sure at the beginning that they're actually going to be able to achieve or make it through whatever that process is. And, and when you do it, once, you know you can replicate it again. So I think that was a, a pivotal experience is to know that, yes, you can succeed at things that perhaps you feel are going to be too challenging. Catherine, so when you work with others, how can you tell if they're going to be receptive or if they're going to check the block and fight it all the way? How do you tell that? Well, I can tell you uh, one of the things. I mean, let me talk about a near failure this week. (laughs) And that is over the past several months, I have had tech issues. I've had a monitor fail. I had to get a new laptop. My SSL for my website went through iterations and then that took put me a week and a half behind on some of my development that I was doing for the learning platform. And it all came up to my firm launches in September, but I wanted to have things ready for your audience today. And, and I think anyone who is an entrepreneur or a small business owner, and those in other organizations as well that have something that's really critical to get done and you're under pressure, you have to know when your issues, when when you're at that point of diminishing returns and be able to take a step away. That was me. I could have been here unwashed today, but after 18 plus hours, I finally said, no, I have to step away, take some rest and then come back again. And I did in fact shower. That's probably TMI. No, that's, that's life of the entrepreneur. But I say this because in that moment of pressure, you know about how people are ready for change in how they respond to pressure. So for example, I could have looked at all the externals as to why things are were not progressing as I expected. However, the real reality is I was working with learning platform software that is brand new to me. Had I been more experienced, some of the challenges that I was going through, I would have just taken in stride. They became problematic as I hunted for hours for what I thought was a missing code, but really wasn't missing. And that's a whole nother story. So the key is one of the main things that I look for in someone who's to grow their leadership is do they accept their part in whatever challenges or issues that they're facing, right? I could easily, I have a a joke. I have this really fabulous virtual assistant, Stephanie, and she 
um, I was joking with her that I'm just going to blame it all on the alligator. And that it, it's going to be a meme, I think, because there really was an alligator yesterday. On Monday, sadly, a woman in Hilton Head died from alligators. Really, really rare. And two day, and yesterday, two houses down from me, there was an alligator in one of my neighbor's yards, which ultimately, you know, the Department of Natural Services and, and the alligator removal guys came and captured the alligator and released it in the river across the street. And so that could have easily been a distraction. And I could easily say that the destruction of the alligator kept me from doing things. But that is not true. Right. So, so I tell you the alligator story, which is a true story, because we come up with reasons that things are not occurring the way we'd like. And those are not real reasons. And so to grow and develop, we truly need to accept what's our part in that. And, and what can we do to make a difference? And if somebody sees that, they're ready to change and they can do all kinds of leadership development. Catherine, how do you find your customers? Do you have a marketing plan? Is it word of mouth? How do you, how do you keep people finding? A lot of times, it, it's a mix of things. I do a lot of leadership keynotes and seminars. Um, last year, I did two sessions at the Women in Defense Leadership Summit. Earlier this, uh, about a month and a half ago, I did With It, which is a, a group for predominantly women in the furniture industry. And so they held a conference and I came and I did their, their anchor keynote. And so sometimes what happens is people see me in a public venue and then they connect with me through that. I also do workshops and seminars for professional associations. So the Institute of Internal Auditors, their groups that where they require continuing education credits for their licensing for the state. And then finally, it's word of mouth. It's people who are on LinkedIn and looking for an executive coach or doing a Google search for leadership development or an executive coach in my website may pop up or my LinkedIn profile might pop up. And it begins often with a simple conversation. What is it that an individual is looking for? How do they want to grow? What what will that mean to them if that change takes place? And we continue on. I usually perform a free mini coaching session with potential clients because I want them to have an experience of what it's like to work with me. And then they decide whether, you know, what's what's going to work best for them. And oftentimes, I'll even help them review other proposals. And if I'm not the right fit, I'm happy to tell them because my goal, I have a, my personal mission is to change the world one leader at a time. And if I can help people find that match so that they can succeed in developing their leadership and and improving their life and their work, I'm all for it. So, Catherine, this is a great point. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing what you do. If somebody's trying to find a coach, what would you recommend them to do? How should they find the perfect fit for them? Well, I think that the first thing is they, they do need to know what it is that they hope to accomplish. And there are all kinds of executive coaches and there are all kinds of coaching methodologies. One of the things that I would ask is what 
What method do they bring to the table? If they only have one, then you may not find that that's going to work for you because perhaps your needs don't fit in that box. I have all kinds of programs and experiences and certifications because no one fits in a box. The second thing is that I would ask a a potential coach, who is your coach? And the reason is it's very much like... Think about therapists and, and those who are in clinical types of experiences. They have their own clinician or therapist because you are constantly working with people. It is helpful for you to have someone that you are also going through that experience of learning and development and and continuously finding ways to improve. So if the person that you approach doesn't have continuous learning in their own experience, then I would use a little bit of caution because as you know, the world changes all the time. So we we must continually access information and learning. And then the final thing is to really think through what you want out of that experience. Now, you don't have to have a perfect idea because a good coach will help you with shaping a plan that's going to help you reach your goals. And sometimes it includes assessments. It doesn't have to. Sometimes it takes the form of inquiry. Appreciative inquiry is a wonderful way to go through and determine what what it is, help define what it is you can and craft a plan that's going to be workable. But there's many, many approaches and and there's lots of coaches out there. Look for someone with form of professional experience. I I did. I did research. I, I spent a lot of time in research. I have a lot of experiences in my corporate background and I have a PhD in leadership. I mean, I spent I invested to get that. So when I work with people, I'm looking at what is the cutting edge research? What are we hearing? What's the latest thing that's coming out of research scholars throughout the academic and practitioner community? And and how do we help people really find the success that works for them? Catherine, when you bring a new client, how do you determine the time period you're going to work with that person? Is it something you do? Do you decide the client decides, or do you have a set time period you work with everyone? Or is it just by a case by case basis? Sometimes it's case by case because it very much depends on what the goal is and what the gap is. Right. So you know you're not going to build a house in 24 hours. If you want to get to a particular goal, some things you can do fairly quickly, but other things are going to require an investment of time. So I think it just depends on what the need is of the client and what the the gap is between where they are today and where it is they'd like to be. Catherine, what makes you say no to a client? What makes you disqualify someone? Part of it is intuitively you just know. Sometimes we don't immediately respond to a person. We all know somebody that they just rub us the wrong way. I don't necessarily discount that person as a client because sometimes there's something that both he or she and I will benefit by that skepticism or just a uniqueness of perspective. And but I I will go back to are they ready? Are they are they open to learning? 
Are they someone who listens? Are they someone who will act on their plan? Uh, they need to be able to do those things and not just um, blame externals, just look for a checklist. Just give me a checklist and I can go do that. Um, well, no, real change doesn't come with a checklist. Checklists are good. Don't get me wrong. Checklists help us to develop some um, skills, but that's not what builds the internal change and shift that really facilitates leadership development. Catherine, can you talk about a time you were success in the past, what you learned from your success and what we can learn from this? You know, yes. Um, let me talk about my, my second graduate degree. You know, I went through Pepperdine's executive MBA and USD's uh, leadership doctoral program, working for a large corporate entity, 70 hours a week, traveling one to three weeks out of every month. And so you, you have to be able to be pretty productive to manage those and have a family and live in two cities and, 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 and. Everybody has challenges. I decided at the, the last year of my PhD, I would exit corporate so I could focus because I, I felt that I was missing out on some of the mentoring and relationship building in the academic community because I had given many of those hours to my work life. And so I did that. I, I exited and I got ready to defend my proposal. For those of you who haven't been through a PhD, PhD, we call it piled high and deep. <laughs> you, got, you have papers everywhere, books everywhere, and you're just constantly in the, the thick of it. But um, so you defend twice. You defend first your proposal for your research, and then you perform the research, write up your dissertation, and you defend again. So I had defended my proposal and gone through what they call institutional review board approval. When you're working with humans and you're researching humans, then you need to have what they call IRB approval. And the day after that IRB approval came, I got a phone call. And my phone call was, oh, you know, we need you to come in because we're pretty sure you have cancer. And so I did. I think for me, the reason that I make this focused on success is that I had done the work to know what are my values, what's important to me, how, you know, what is that mission I have in life that, that change the world one leader at a time. So that when, you know, what many people would call life crisis occurs, I knew how to make decisions every single day. And I could choose and had to choose throughout the entire surgery and treatment and radiation where you just, you're literally exhausted and there are days when you cannot, you can't even think that you're going to sit up, not let alone anything else. But I let the house go, you know, dust bunnies are not significant. You can eventually get those cleaned up. I did choose to go ahead. I had a 
uh, freshman leadership course at University of San Diego I was teaching. And my students were awesome throughout this process. And I did delay, but ultimately do my dissertation research throughout the process of going through all that stuff. And at the end, um, just under a year later, I defended successfully. The key there is this. Anyone, anyone can can have a foundation that allows them to make those same kind of choices so that when challenge hits, and in everybody's life, we have periods of challenge, that we are able to make choices that help us to be focused and resilient and to do the things that are most important to us. So yeah, I, I, you know, it, it was an experience. And I think the value for me is that it's good to know what, what you can let go of and to know the things you want to hold on to. So what's that saying? We make time for the things that are important to us? I, I think it's critical that you know what's important. I think we, I think we have to do that examination for us to be successful every day because, you know, especially as entrepreneurs and any of your clients who might be solopreneurs or very small teams then you have a lot more of that burden on yourself as a small business owner. And so you need to be able to choose every day, what is the most important thing? What is my highest contribution today? Who who is it that I need to help? Who is it that I need to delegate to? How do I enable them to succeed so that I can succeed? How do I make the choices that support my family as well as my business or my career. So there's a, a lot about that investment in reflection and self-awareness that benefits people significantly for all their other choices. Catherine, follow-up question. Talk about a time you failed in the past. What you learned from this and what we can learn from this failure of yours in the past? Well, I think my um, my great story about trying to get ready to be able to launch my course for your folks. So I literally do have um, the site up and running. I have workarounds for your folks, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. They think the issue is really understanding what will stress us if we go back to that story. What what is it? What is it that causes us stress? Be able to recognize that. Uh, there's a wonderful book when I do the book recommendations that talks about developing both hindsight, insight, and foresight, that, that we can't just only look at the past. We need to have a certain amount of presence, but there's the past that gives us some information, and we also have to be focusing on the future. And if we do that, that will really help us simultaneously to have good contextual awareness for what do we need right now in this moment. Catherine, can you talk about someone who's helped you in the past and how they helped you? I mentioned earlier that it's important to have a coach. I've had a couple of really spectacular people that I've worked with, one of which is Dr. Tammy Wong. When I was in the corporate community, she was my executive coach. And then ultimately, I asked her to be on my dissertation committee. She wrote a book that was about fostering women's leadership. She's a fabulous executive coach. She works out of um, Orange County in California. And she 
she really provided a lot of illumination around, you know, sometimes you see things and you're in the midst of it. It's the forest and the trees and you need a sounding board to help you determine what of this experience you're having is is really about the perceptions of others and really about the things that you have control over. And, and so having a coach or a sounding board or a trusted colleague or family member or friend that you can have good conversations with that allow you to be vulnerable, that allow you to talk about things that you probably don't want everybody to know, but at least you have someone that you can have a conversation with. Those are really important people. A second individual is an author of one of the books that I'm going to share. And I participated in a mastermind for a year with him. Um, That's Greg McEwen, who wrote Essentialism, The Disciplined Plus Less. And I think he has done the entire business community and entrepreneurial community and even anyone else. I I totally recommend his book for all kinds of people, but because we live in a world that is absolutely bombarded with the good, the bad, the ugly, and the spectacular. And essentialism is about really understanding what your options are and making disciplined choices around what you're going to say no to, even if it's good. He has a, a great story about, you know, we're, the paradox of success, right? So uh, people are good at something, whatever it is that they're good at at work, let's say. And because they're good at it, now everybody starts relying on them and giving them that task because they're good. They become known for it. It builds their reputation. But now, because that's all they get to do, they are bombarded and inundated with that. And it may or may not be the area of most importance or highest contribution for them. Ultimately, becomes their undoing as they get more and more requests to do this one thing that they happen to have a really marvelous skill at. It's important for us to know where we want to contribute and where our talents and abilities allow us to contribute really, really well. So that as well as what's really important to us. So if family is really important, then having an opportunity to say no to three community things, work things, um, family things that, that might be good or interesting so that we can choose the one good, spectacular thing that will be really meaningful, those are tenets of essentialism, right? So why do we say no to so that when we say yes, it's very powerful and meaningful in our lives and careers? Catherine, can you talk about, can you tell us something that most people don't, don't know about you? Your close friend, close friends, close family know this, but people that know you, worked with you day to day might not know this about yourself. My son and I are foodies. We, we brew beer, we make wine, and we grow the best chilies on the planet. We come from a mojada mobeta type of mindset. So we love to do chilies. We make uh, fish tacos. Now that we're in South Carolina and not in San Diego, we are totally missing, you know, sort of that Baja fish taco vibe. So we make them ourselves here. And we, we grow chilies. We make 
hot sauce. We dehydrate them and make blends of powders. We pickle them. I just pickled, made a dill pickle jalapeno pickle, right? So it's it's jars of pickled peppers and pickled cucumbers that make a really wicked good sandwich. (laughs) That's amazing. Captain, I understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners. So I actually have five, all right? But your, your listeners don't have to remember them all because we can put the link to a blog post where I've listed them all. But let me just walk you through them. So the first one is from Marshall Goldsmith. It's called Triggers. And this is a fabulous book for knowing how to track and monitor and be accountable for change. Other one is one I mentioned already a bit, and that is contextual intelligence. I love this. This particular author, we gave him one of the annual book awards at the International Leadership Association Conference one year. And this is the one that helps individuals to get that contextual intelligence and ability to to do the hindsight, the insight, and the foresight, amongst other things. Um, I mentioned Greg McKeown. Okay, that's that essentialism, the disciplined pursuit of less. It's awesome. I will not go into more of that because I already told his story. This one, The Power of Habit, Charles Stewart, and he's phenomenal around making it really easy for people to understand the cycles for for which we have cues, routines, and rewards. And if you want to change a habit, we don't really break habits. What we do is successful folks replace the routine with something that's more effective when we get cued. And then finally, this is a big book. Daniel Kahneman got a Nobel Prize in economics, and he's a psychologist. This is all about how our brains think and analyze data in under all kinds of conditions. And I recommend people chunk it up and take it, a, take it slow <laughs> because there's a lot of meat in that book. And then I'm just going to add one more. It's not on that, that blog post, and that's called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. So I, I love this because... And it's all, it is non-traditional. So for all you entrepreneurs who are non-traditional, there's pictures. There's pages that look like they were written on just a pad with with sketches. It's, it's a fabulous book. But it's all about how do we innovate? And when we, you know, as, as we are business owners, at the beginning, there's a lot of in innovation and fluidity, but then you have to, to grow your business, begin to put on structures. So how do you invite and maintain creativity and still have appropriate structure within an organization? That's a really interesting book. It's not a new book and they do not have it via Kindle. You have to get the physical book, but when you flip through the pages, you see why <laughs> because they'd never be able to put that into a, a digital text and have it flow well. Yes. Thank you for those book recommendations. Kath, I understand you have uh, uh, something for our listeners. I do. I do. And we can also plug the links for this into your Facebook page when we move into the Q&A. But the first is that they are, your listeners are absolutely the first people to have access to the leadership 
portal, my leadistic learning portal. And so when they go to the site, um, I have to fix the menu, but there is one of those little icons with little lines up in the top right corner that will open the menu for them. And there is an opportunity to click join explorers. And when they do that, they're going to get some access to free content, a brand new course, totally free to them. That is leadership essentials, and it helps them overcome three barriers to executing flawlessly in life and work. And then if they do that and complete that course, I will send them a 25% off coupon to the next course that we're launching in September. There's all kinds of other content. In fact, there's a huge book list that's available for members who are explorers, and, and it's free. I will constantly put additional unique content just for those folks into that membership site. Thank you for that. It's very valuable. Thank you very much. Catherine, can you share your social media links for yourself and your company so people can reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, so the first thing, I will we'll post all of these again into your Facebook page so you're your audience can find them, but leadistics speak leadership and statistics. Leadistics, leadistics.com. And then the learning site is portal.leadistics.com. So P O R T A L, portal. Uh, my email, just generically, you can find it on my website, is info at leadistics.com. And then my LinkedIn profile is Catherine, that's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Bingham, like Bing Cherries Ham Sandwich. Again, food people, right? (laughs) And so it's Catherine Bingham, PhD. And if they search that, they're going to find me very easily. And for listeners, we have the links to our book recommendations and social media on our show notes. And you can find our show notes at www.cabinetshrblog.com. Catherine, we'll come to the end of our talk. Can you provide us any uh, last-minute wisdom or advice on any subject you want to talk about? Here's something that your audience can learn about and do. They, you know, we, we hear about the idea of visualization. And oftentimes when visual, we think about visualization, we see ourselves, let's say we want to learn how to be an effective public speaker. And so we see ourselves out on the stage and going through the process. But mental rehearsal is very different from that. And elite athletes use this concept. It's it's intentionally based mental scripting where you create the experience in your mind where you're actually running through the actual experience. So Michael Phelps, for example, um, has a script that he plays that starts with when he gets up in the morning, he gets out of bed with this foot and then that foot. And he has a routine for how he prepares and how he gets down to a swim event. And then what music he listens to and when it gets time for the meet, you know, which ear he pulls the earbuds out of on the iPod, what he does when he plunges into that, you know, the the little mini pool and then gets out and does drying off and then steps up to the board where he's going to push off to dive into the pool. What literally what foot he steps up on first and what he does to prepare. And then hears and experiences the 
whatever the trigger is, the dive, the feel of the water, the actual strokes that he makes, and going through the sounds that he hears from the audience, and then him reaching out and stretching and touching the monitor on the edge of the pool, and then the roar as a world record is broken. That's a script that he literally played over and over and over and over. And yes, we can say that Michael Phelps has some very unique physical abilities that also contributed to his success in the Olympics. But people do this, elite athletes do this routinely, golfers, skiers, all kinds of football players do this. And we can do this as well. So mental rehearsal is imagining ourselves literally going through a process. And you'd be amazed how powerful this is in enabling somebody. It builds a very unique muscle memory and brain pattern memory. Because if you feel yourself doing something, it's your your actual muscles tense and release in relationship to the experience. It's, it's very powerful. So mental rehearsal. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine, thank you very much for being here today. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy person doing, doing a lot of great things. Well, thank you. This has been awesome. And I look forward to hearing from your audience. And again, please sign up for that Explorers. There will be a link uh, on the webpage in the menu called Join Explorers. It's work around in there to get access to the course. Um, I have to fix some links, but I've created a workaround. Here it is. When they sign up, they will have access to content that's not visible until they are a member. And I've created a blog post that gives them the link direct into that Leadership Essentials course. And another blog post that gives them a link to the longer curated reading list. They can do that. It's, again, complimentary for them. And then if they continue all the way through that course, they will get even more benefits. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for your time as well. And remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.